Hello, welcome to Transfer Talks. My name is Tiffany Kim. I'm a transfer peer mentor. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Of course. My name is Katherine Lawler. I serve as the Transfer Jacks coordinator, and I actually have multiple degrees. So I have a Bachelor of Science in Psychology from Liberty University, and I have a Master of Education, Student Affairs Practice in Higher Education from the University of Virginia, as well as a Master of Science in Management and Leadership from Western Governors University. And when I was a transfer student, I transferred from Lynchburg College in Virginia, because that's where I grew up, in the Virginia area. And I transferred from Lynchburg College, actually had some transfer credit at something called Sterling College, and I'll explain that in a moment, and finished at Liberty University. So I attended three colleges or universities overall. So since you've been to many universities, what do you like specifically about NAU? Of course. Well, you know, I have also worked for many universities. So not only did I attend several as an undergraduate and graduate student, I've already worked at five places with college students. And it has been the best experience for me. Um, Working directly as a student supervisor is my favorite part of of what I do. Um, And it's why I continue to work in higher education. But as far as what I've enjoyed about NAU specifically, I uh, moved to Flagstaff actually in May 2020, so the height of the pandemic. So my understanding of Flagstaff is very interesting uh, because I came when everything was very shut down. Um, (laughs) The good thing about Flagstaff, as you know, because we've talked about this together, there's lots of hiking trails. Yes. And (laughs) so um, personally, I have gone both in Flagstaff, Sedona, as well as northern Arizona, Um, and Utah on hiking adventures so far and and really that's my favorite thing to do outside um, as well as why I liked NEU so far but I also came to NEU because of my values. I am a, a, and I'm just gonna be honest, I'm a white educator who is learning about so many different student experiences. Um, I do have my underrepresented backgrounds as well. I'm a first generation college graduate. I'm a student with a disability. I was a Pell eligible student or an adult that lived in poverty. Um, so I certainly had my own things I had to overcome. But why I like NEU is because this is such a unique experience compared to the East Coast that is very highly selective universities which means they don't take as many first-generation college students. So I actually came out to NEU to work with first-generation programs uh, because about 47% of students at this campus identify as a first-generation college student. And then I, I switched over to Transfer Jacks because I have that experience as a transfer student too. And at least 10% of our student population here on this campus is a transfer student and I actually have the unique experience of being a transfer and online student and I work for transfer and online connections now and so I actually transferred from an on-campus experience in Virginia to an online university and did two-thirds of my undergraduate degree online and finished that way Um, and so I certainly understand the online experience 
as well as one of my masters is from an online educational setting too. So I definitely have the passion to be here in this department serving both transfer and online students. So I really came to NEU and have enjoyed it because there are students here that I want to work with to make sure they can attain their degrees um, because Arizona actually as a state has one of the lowest bachelor's degree attainment rates across the United States. Uh, so it's really important for students to have support to accomplish that bachelor's degree goal. That's very nice to hear. As a first-generation student and a transfer student as well, it's nice to see representation and someone advocating for fellow first-gen students and someone who understands the transfer experience. Absolutely. What was your transfer experience like? Absolutely, and I think it, it takes some time to explain why I chose my original college. Um, and so what I'm gonna say there is in high school, I was a first generation student, and I actually didn't know I was first generation at the time. I did know that my parents did not obtain a bachelor's degree, but I didn't know there was a term for it. One of the things that's really unique about me is I'm a triplet. <laughs> and so my brother, sister, and I all went to college at the same time after we graduated high school. And to also explain, in our extended family, many of our parents and cousins and uncles and aunts uh, were originally high school dropouts. Many of them went back and got their high school equivalency, um, including my parents. Um, and so I have a parent with a GED and did some community college classes. And then I have a parent who went back to night school and she wanted to finish her high school diploma. Um, and so that was really important for them, uh, but they did not have the opportunity to complete a bachelor's degree based on decisions they made for their life goals. And so as the three of us were going to a college, my brother and I decided we wanted to still be athletes. We were athletes in high school, um, and so we made decisions to go to a small D3 college. He was a football player, my brother. I was a track and field athlete. I actually went to throw um, discus and other uh, uh, sports at Lynchburg College. And so it's important to understand that my sister went to community college. She chose that route. So we all went to different colleges in the state of Virginia. Um, and then afterwards, we all end up being transfer students. <laughs> um, and so I lasted a year at my first place. My brother only lasted a semester. And my sister, I think, did maybe two semesters at her first community college. Um, and the reason I share that first part of the transfer experience is because when we went to those places, um, I, I ended up getting injured and my brother also decided not to play sports anymore. So after our seasons concluded, um, we were there to play sports, so then why were we there anymore if we weren't gonna play a sport at that college? And so that really made me question why I was there. I also started as a history major. I wanted to be a teacher for high school level and decided I didn't wanna pursue that route anymore. And then the last thing is I did not have a great on-campus living experience, neither did my brother. Even though we grew up as triplets and had to share rooms at certain points, we didn't love living in the residence halls, mm -hmm. which is what they were called at the time. Um, and so because of that experience that I had with those three things, um, I decided to, when I left in May of my 
first year of college, I knew I wasn't returning, but I didn't know what I was doing yet. Mm. <laughs> so um, I, I spent the summer working full time at Target and making money and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I went on uh, an adventure with a church organization and decided to spend my second year of what have traditionally would have been college or university at an internship program in Texas. So I moved from Virginia to Texas, was one of my first family members to make such a big move. So everybody thought I was making an interesting choice in my life. <laughs> um, I didn't necessarily have the support I wanted to have during that time. And I spent a year at an internship program to learn about leadership and nonprofit work. And I did earn credit during that time. So when I say I earned credit from Sterling College, mm -hmm. it was actually through that internship program and not at that college, which was located in Kansas. And so most people could earn up to 24 credits, which is about a year's worth of college credit. I had already taken the English classes, so I only earned 18 credit hours. So it feels like a semester is what I earned during that year. Mm -hmm. But I worked for 30 hours a week and gained valuable work experience by going to that internship program. And it really propelled my career working with college students as well as the nonprofit sector um, because I chose to go to that specific internship. I ended up staying and working there for another three years which is how I started working with college interns as an internship supervisor and then an internship manager. And I was taking my classes online with Liberty University Online to finish my bachelor's degree. And I moved back to Virginia during my last year of university. And I still had some challenges, just so you know. Um, as a student with a disability, I end up being what's called a stopout student. And a stopout student is someone who breaks enrollment, so I didn't consecutively enroll in classes mm -hmm. um, because there was two semesters where I owed a balance of $700, and my family wasn't helping me pay for my education and living experiences. So that means I was living in poverty during that time period, not able to afford a $700 bill, and the university wasn't helping me get back into classes. It was more important for them to collect the bill than get me registered for my next semester and keep me on track. And so instead of me taking four years as a transfer student to complete my degree, it took me a total of seven years because I also had medical circumstances. Um, my chronic illness started when I was 14 years old in high school, but it got worse when I was an undergraduate student. And it wasn't until after I graduated that I learned how to manage the chronic illness and depression that I was going through. Um, and so that was a part of that undergraduate transfer experience. Being an online student was better for me as a person with a chronic illness because there wasn't attendance policies. And so I could get the classes done on my time. There were still deadlines, of course, um, but all of those experiences are part of my transfer experience, owing a balance, being a stopout student, having to pay for my own educational living expenses. And some people have family contribution and I didn't have that because that's a private choice of my family to make sure that I was the one taking out those loans and not them. Um, and so it was hard to watch my brother graduate in four years. Uh, my sister is still trying to complete an associate's degree, and that's certainly her goal. And then myself, I did complete my bachelor's degree after seven years from start to finish, but I wasn't constantly enrolled because of those um, bills owed to the university and the um, having medical problems that I was learning how to manage the chronic pain that I felt every day.
You certainly have quite a long story. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, it's very important that you share that because um, until I met you, I didn't know that being a stop-out student was a thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a term. And it turns out I am actually a stop-out student as well. And I feel like that's showing how we don't really talk about the transfer experience enough mm-hmm. because n- there are many terms that describe non-traditional students or um, transfer students more specifically and students don't know about that Mm -hmm. and we need to make it more known so um, others can at least try to understand our stories. Absolutely. One thing I'll say there is actually our our previous director of Transfer and Online Connection. Her name is JJ and she's the nicest woman that I've (laughs) met here at NAU. we have a joke in our department that NAU won't let her leave, that keep hiring her for a new role. Um, but uh, I bring up JJ because she's working on a new initiative called Jacks on Track. So at NAU, her job is now to reach out to those stopout students and try to get them back at NAU finishing their bachelor's degree because we all started for some reason. So she's trying to help them overcome their barriers because um, we all face different types of barriers to completing our degree. Yes. Um, and so it's, it, it's an amazing initiative that started recently. Um, they just published a story about a stopout student who completed his degree this past fall. Wow. Um, and so I'm really proud of the initiative she's working on. And she knows about that stopout experience because she worked with transfer and online students. That's very nice. I feel like that's really needed because some students they feel like oh it's too late or I don't have a place in college anymore because I'm more grown up Mm -hmm. I started a job and everything and you know it feels like they don't have enough time to actually go back to school but that's very nice that um, JJ started that Absolutely. And actually, it makes me realize that one of the things I forgot to share regarding my experience is because I had to pay for my own expenses, part of the reason it took me longer is because I couldn't register for 15 to 18 credit hours that some students that are on an on-campus experience do. I could only register for 6 to 12 credit hours as an online student working full-time. I I was working 30 to 40 hours from the age of 19 through the age of 24 when I finished. I was was 24 when I graduated, but I was turning 25 the next month. Um, And so instead of finishing, many people finish at 22, but um, where I graduated, the average age of a student was 36 uh, because that's very much the online experience. And so... Um, I could not register for as high of credit hours as many students do uh, because of that 30 to 40 hours a week that I needed to work to provide for myself financially. I see. I I think it's really interesting because um, we all know about the four-year experience Mm -hmm. and the majority of college students, they try to do that route, but some end up not completing that, like transferring different schools or moving different life circumstances may prohibit that or um, change that up. And it's kind of hard to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Both trying to normalize it. Yes. Um, we both have similar journeys that it didn't take us the traditional, like people like to say traditional and air quotes, um, the traditional four-year experience. Um, I'm trying to normalize that it took me seven years. And at the time I was embarrassed when I was graduating that it took me so long. And I had someone write me a letter saying, I wasn't sure that you were ever going to finish. 
But during my graduate program, I realized, because I, I was mm-hmm. responsible for reflecting on my undergraduate experience as I was a graduate student, I realized that many people didn't know the obstacles I was overcoming or the lack of opportunities that I had to complete in four years. And so when you and I talk about our stories, it's to normalize that we did not finish in four years. It took me seven years from start to finish. Yes. I think for me, um, I've never had a supervisor that was also a transfer student that didn't go the normal route. And it's nice to see like a person who had a similar journey end up in such like a high authority uh, rank and um, yeah it's just nice to see it's, it's like um, completing the circle I would say. Yes and I'm excited for you because you're scheduled to graduate yes. and so that's a, a cool thing to celebrate as you and I have this conversation. I see that's very all positive things so um, how would you say that NAU is different from your previous institutions? Absolutely, and and we talked about this a little bit, but I'll say some more. So I'm from the East Coast, and the East Coast is a little bit more because if you understand the historical context of, honestly, colonization and, and how um, universities started on the East Coast. So I'm a graduate of for, for my master's degree. Mm-hmm the University of Virginia, and it's important to acknowledge that um, things are said there that are very traditional, like it's Mr. Jefferson's campus. Mm -hmm. Um, People say, students and faculty and staff, uh, because it was designed by Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, but it was built by enslaved laborers. And so Mm -hmm. as we talk about these historical East Coast colleges and universities, Mm -hmm. we have to recognize there's complicated histories Um, and I had to do I wasn't required I had to do the work as a white educator to read about that history because Mm -hmm. it wasn't publicly shared at the University of Virginia until recently they now have have a memorial for enslaved laborers but that's because of the work of faculty staff alumni Mm -hmm. community members that are from historically excluded or um, underrepresented. So there's also other terms. People still may prefer historically marginalized groups. Um, those grassroots efforts pushed the University of Virginia to build a memorial to recognize the enslaved laborers who built this university that I was a part of. Um, and so that's a very different history than any youth history as yeah. I come out here <laughs> to Arizona, I've been here for more than two and a half years now. Um, So my experience in East Coast schools is all about professionalism and honestly it's it's still values the white, paternalistic, classist, ableist mindset. And I think NAU is trying to do a better job of challenging those isms and making sure we're focusing on diversity, equity, inclusion, and teaching our student body and educating, and not just our student body, because all of us as educators (laughs) still have to continually learn and grow. Um, But I've enjoyed being here at NAU because I've been a part of advising student clubs and organizations Mm -hmm. like the Tau Sigma Honor Society and the Tri Alpha Honor Society to represent that first gen and transfer experience. 
And what's really unique about our students this year for transfer students is we have 50% our first generation. Actually, 50% last year, it's 44% this year technically, <laughs> but it's still about um, a large group of students. And there's 40% of our transfer population identify students of color. And so it's important for, as we have these conversations about why we enjoy NAU, it's because we have such a unique opportunity in this time mm -hmm. to make sure students graduate and we're here as that support system. Um, and we can't do everything for them, but we are trying to connect them with resources. And so there is a big difference between what I experienced on the East Coast versus what I'm experiencing here. And he is now Hispanic serving institution. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that's very important in this area. Um, and so we're all trying to learn, you know, something that's best for Hispanic Lat Latin A students is best for all students. I'm a person with a disability, so what's best for students with disabilities is best for all students, and so we're all trying to educate one another here. And any is not perfect, um, but at the same time, there's a big difference between what I experienced on the East Coast versus what the Arizona public universities are trying to accomplish. I see. I would say this the same thing, because um, I came from a school in the Midwest, right? and they didn't put... Uh, much emphasis on different races, um, their struggles, that kind of thing. But NAU, seeing how many clubs they have um, dedicated to certain cultures, ethnicities, and just inclusion of every student is really nice. And you'll share some of your story at a later time, but um, I worked in Minnesota as one of the colleges and universities, and in Minneapolis is a very large refugee population, um, which is something that you're very passionate about yes. based on your family experience. And so, you know, each state and university that I've been a part of taught me something new. And I'm, I'm excited that we've had that exposure to see different states, too. Yes. Um, seeing as I'm about to graduate, mm -hmm. how do you feel about being a transfer graduate? You know, I think it's important to have still a sense of pride about being a transfer student. Mm -hmm. And as you and I work in this Transfer Jacks Mentoring Program, we've been talking about, yes, we're a transition program to help people understand their life during their first semester or academic year at this new university. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm from a small town, so coming to a large public university like this one is pretty huge mm -hmm. to me. Um, but there's still ways that it can feel small when you interact with a program like the Transfer Jacks program. But what I'm trying to say is with this sense of transfer pride mm -hmm. is we want students to feel great about their transfer experience throughout their entire undergraduate as well as after they graduate. We want them to say, I'm a transfer alumni of NAU. Um, and that's something that I feel very proud of that I represent those experiences I had as undergrad. I represent being first-gen proud, um, and it's my responsibility as a transfer graduate to bring transfer students along, to bring first-gen students along, to provide them with opportunities that I didn't have. For example, Giselle and I, our graduate as assistant here, just presented at the NASTS conference uh, last week at the time of this recording. And she is a first-gen plus commuter student, um, which is why she began in this program. And I 
felt it was really important for her to gain that national conference experience by being a presenter because she's interested in doctoral work. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't anyone else trying to get her that experience. It was my responsibility as a transfer graduate to help her gain that experience. And she's going to do that for other students as well. And so as we talk about having a sense of pride, whether it's giving back to our university and community service mm-hmm. or giving back with fi- financial donations, and we have the ability to do so, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something that we want people to graduate from NAU and say, I'm so proud that I was a transfer student at NAU. I feel like I'm a, an example of that because when I first came here, I was kind of uh hesitant to tell others that I was a transfer student because I never really heard any stories about being a transfer student and uh, as I started here I was introduced to the Transfer Jacks mentoring program and my mentor and this program itself helped me to embrace that I'm a transfer student and that's why I eventually became a mentor because I want to help others do that as well so I think your your goal is achieved. (laughs) Awesome I'm so glad to hear that. For the transfer experience itself, what do you wish people knew more about it? That's a great question. I think when I think about the transfer experience, some people try to compare it too much to the first year experience, and there are some key differences. Can there be some similarities? Absolutely. Um, But the transfer experience is different from the first year experience. So that's one of the main things I say when I get on the microphone um, is to explain that Our transfer experience is different than we came as a first-year student at another college or university. And and what does that mean? Why is it different? Well, um, you know, at that point, instead of coming to college or university maybe at 18, and some of us started around that time frame, now we're a little bit older as we come to a new college or university. Um, Oftentimes, transfer students are a little bit more academic-focused, rather than first-year students, a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) social-focused. And so as we come, we're like, I am ready to finish my degree, and what do I need to do to be academically successful? And of course, first-year students are still focused on academics, but what I've noticed working with transfer students is we are very focused on what does it take to complete my degree. And that means it's sometimes hard to get transfer students to participate in social events that we offer, or um, getting involved with the local community, or being a part of a campus club organization. Um, And so we have to normalize that there can still be time for that while being academically successful. And the reason we recommend those things is because for transfer students, they often don't have a friend at the new college or university. Mm -hmm. And that may be a struggle because as we get into sophomore, junior level, senior level classes, People have already made friends as they're in classes, and transfer students are trying to figure out how do I make those friends, which is why it's important we have this mentoring program as we provide those social connections. But that's the main thing I want to communicate is that transfer students, typically there is a difference with what our focus is when we come to a new college or university, and it takes intentional effort for us to find friends because many people we meet already have their friends. That's true. Um, I think when I came to NAU, I had about two years left, and that time really flies by, and it being my last semester, I wish I did a lot more than I did, because um, my first year here, I was really focused on just trying to 
graduate early, um, just, you know, do one classes. I didn't really care about the social part of college, but it's a really big part, especially you spend um, quite a bit of time here and you, it feels nice to actually have a good set of friends, like have a presence in your school. And yeah, that's very true what you said. Well, let's talk about why that's important. If someone's here for only two or three years rather than four, um, some funding opportunities and some award nominations are based on did a transfer student or any student Mm -hmm. do community service? Were they a student leader in a club or organization? So let's be honest, the Gold Axe Award is hard for transfer students to win. Um, I nominate transfer students, the transfer director, transfer and online director is a part of that um, award selection to advocate for transfer students. But when you uh, value so much community service, leadership, and don't recognize transfer students had less time at the university to have that good portfolio that makes them excellent for funding or an award. Um, so this isn't a call out, it just means recognition that we need to have about the transfer experience that you had less opportunity because as someone's here first year, I wrote a recommendation yesterday, Mm -hmm. that first year transfer students here and this person only had two years here, um, they're focused on the academics and then maybe a club. So now her second year, she's here being a student leader in several places But is that going to hurt her ability to get an award and funding because she doesn't have as long of experience as first-year students? And our population is 10%, which means we are a smaller population on campus, and that's why it's so important for us to elevate these stories as people are trying to secure that funding and awards. Yes, I think it's still such a big deal that... um, we recognize that transfer students, they don't have the same amount of time to complete all the achievements that a normal four-year student would have. So um, with that said, what piece of advice would you give to an incoming transfer student? Sure. Well, I want to acknowledge that, of course, it is important to continue to have that academic focus, especially if someone's looking to do graduate work. Um, I will say that it wasn't as important for me when it came to getting a job what my GPA was. Um, Although I put that in, um, like some applications will ask me my GPA, but Mm -hmm. in no interview have I ever been asked what my GPA was. Um, I was asked what work experience did I have. And because of the work experience I did have, which was not necessarily with the college or university, it was um, at places where I could be employed, for 30 to 40 hours a week. Um, Those experience helped me get to the next level. So when we work with transfer students, we're often working with people who are like, I'm focused on my academics and I'm trying to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that is good advice to continue to focus on those. And my recommendation is just to have one social or campus involvement goal whether it is, and and we don't have to plug our program so much. Of course, we love the transfer student (laughs) welcome. Um, But there are other things. I love going to the Office of Inclusion events. I go over Mm -hmm. to the Office of Indigenous Student Success, and they have wonderful events that they put on with the Native American Cultural Mm -hmm. Center. Um, So we all have things we're interested in. Mm -hmm. So 
um, that main piece of advice is to have beyond the work and the academic goal to have a social or campus involvement goal, whether that is attending an event to meet new students so that you do have friends because it, it can feel lonely if you don't start making those friends within the first four weeks, um, or to have uh, a campus involvement goal like a student club or org. Now, I'm, I'm very thankful because I did have that experience myself where I was involved in something, um, but that was hard to do on top of my working and getting my homework done because um, those are my first two priorities. I see. That's very good advice. I would completely agree with that because um, when you're in college, you can't have that tunnel vision of just wanting to finish school. You need to like have something on your resume for after school, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, seeing as our campus, NAU, is in such a pretty mountain town that's in very close, like, proximity with, like, national parks, um, many hiking opportunities, and many food options, mm -hmm. what's your favorite food, um, restaurant here in, NA in Flagstaff? <laughs> of course, uh, in Flagstaff itself, for food... I like brunch nowadays, and so personally I like Over Easy, um, but there's some other good brunch options downtown. Over Easy just happens to be closer to where I live, um, but let's go back to the concept of hiking trails, so <laughs> was, I'm going to make some recommendations there. So um, personally, even with having a chronic illness, I can hike, and so um, there's a trail called, I think it's Sandy's Canyon or Seep, because there's actually two different Sandy's here in mm -hmm. Flagstaff, that goes to Fisher Point. Um, so that's off of Lake Mary Road. That's been one of my favorite hikes that I've done in Flagstaff. Um, it can be three to six miles, depending on how far you want to go. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because I, I hiked all the way up to Fisher Point. Some people just hike to the bottom of it. Um, and so that gives you a different show. Uh, experience. I've also hiked in Sedona. Mm -hmm. um, There's so many trails in Sedona, so it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, I really liked the uh, Kabbalah Pass to Seven Pools trail. Um, that was about three miles, a little bit more of an incline. Um, and then as far as national parks so far, out of all the ones I've been to, and I've been to at least seven so far, and I've been to national monuments too, um, currently I'll have to pick Zion as my favorite. I'm sure that I could change later on, um, but as far as a hike there, the more of a, in the medium level, is the Emerald Pools hike. Um, so I have some beautiful photos from that hike. It actually snowed that morning in October, mid-October, that I went. Um, and so that's my, the best hiking recommendations that I can give. Um, if people, and I totally understand, not everybody has a car. Um, not everybody has the money to do a weekend trip. I'm at a place where I work full-time now and have a salary, so I'm able to do those things. Um, but I still have to limit myself because I don't make <laughs> unlimited amount of money. Um, but I, I'm thankful for the adventures I've had since I've been here at NAU. Yeah, I really like how Flagstaff is kind of like the center of everything. Mm -hmm. There's even a meteor crater uh, not too far from here, yes. actually. 
And I've been to many places on Navajo Nation, which you and I have talked about. Yes. Uh, it was your recommendation that got me over to Lower Antelope Canyon, yes. finally. <laughs> um, I've also seen Horseshoe Bend. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to at least one of the national monuments within Navajo Nation, and I want to go to Canyon de Chez. Um, and so, you know, even understanding the local culture is important, too. Yes, um especially since Arizona has um, many tribes, we should be respectful of their land. Absolutely. I think it's at least 22. It could be more um, within the state of Arizona that are federally recognized. And so, um, you know, we have a very unique experience Mm -hmm. to um, acknowledge the land that we're on and be respectful as we're doing these trips and hiking adventures that we go on. Yes, that's why I like... um, a lot of the signatures that professors send, um, they highlight that this is um, tribal land. Indigenously lands, Indigen- yeah. Tri- tribal is correct as well, too. Yes, and it's very important because in Missouri, they did not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are quite a few tribes there as well, like Cherokee. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot more, but I do not know of them right That's now. okay. <laughs> we have the opportunity to teach ourselves. So. Yes. And um, I would love to say thank you for joining us and thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate that um, you as our supervisor is very advocating for a lot of our um, transfer mentors and mentees, Um, especially you being first gen. It's representative of a lot of us, especially me, I had never had that in a supervisor before. Mm-hmm. So thank you for always thinking of us and uh, giving us tips and yes. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful to serve in this role and um, I'm thankful to be on the podcast today and go Transfer Jacks. Yay! <laughs>